It's time for Loud Pipes, the podcast centered around motorcycles, the motorcycle experience, and other automotive diversions. Recording from RDUP Studios in Charlotte, North Carolina, or wherever sufficient bandwidth can be located, here's Rich Warfield and Rico Hogan. Pipes episode 35, and we have another guest joining us this evening. And this time, we're going to be talking about Ducatis, BMW, Zero motorcycles, and anything else that we get into. So, we're all back in the comfy confines of our home studios or wherever we happen to record from. So, Rico, did you bring any bourbon back with you? I did, my friend. How you doing, by the way? Not bad. Um, yeah. Not bad. I did bring some Kentucky bourbon, and I also found a Kentucky bourbon barrel ale. Oh, do tell. Do tell. Oh, yeah. I found this. It was a four-pack. It was at one of the uh, grocery stores. I said, huh, Kentucky bourbon ale. Now, there's a twist. And I I looked at the alcohol content. I was like, 8.2. Huh. All right, you be sure to sip that during the show then. I know, and I have been actually. So I've, I've, this is my second one. So if I talk with a slur a little bit, forgive me. <laughs> All right. Well, real quickly, I have an old favorite. I have the Southern Pale Ale from Natty Greens. And I think I mentioned this one before, but just a really nice drinking uh, pale ale. So we'll be sipping that one this evening. And I'm sad to report we, we most likely won't have John tonight. Um, he's got some family issues to attend to, so we'll drink one for him. How's that? Sounds good. I'll s- sip on it for him. All right. We're going to keep the chit-chat brief this evening because we definitely want to get into our our more exciting topics. And the good news I have to report is the KLR finally got inspected today. Woohoo! So I know, Rico, I let that lapse. Shame on me. And it cost me two fifty, I think, on the penalty, $2.50. On the registration, so the state Whoa. state gets a little Benny, and and I'll get a sticker here eventually. Oh, get out of here! Really, two fifty. I'm sorry, brother. Yeah, but it was a gorgeous day to ride. Did you get out by chance? Heck yeah! And I played golf. <laughs> the retired <laughs> life is just working for you, it's isn't it? Awesome. <laughs> you kidding me? It's awesome. Traveling, playing golf, riding my motorcycle. What kind of what more can a man ask for? Dare I ask where you rode? I know it's going to be fabulous, but dare I ask? Oh, my God. Everywhere I go around this place is just awesome. I, you know, I didn't go out into the mountains. I just took a bunch of country back roads, and they were twisty, elevation changes, nice scenery for the most part, and it was just fun. It was a fun ride today, and I got lost, which was what, what I, I was trying to do, just go out and get lost, find new roads, and find my way back home, which was great. It's the best way, yeah. Yeah. Well, and while I was over there, I said hi to Jim from our last episode. I uh, thanked him for being on the show and took a look at some more goozies, of course. And I, I really think we gotta, we're got to we going to have to get on that Flying Fortress when that baby comes out. Oh, I cannot wait for that. The more I look at it and the more I think about it, um, that's, that's something I definitely want to throw a leg over. So, Speaking of dealerships and interesting people to speak with, let's go ahead and bring in our guest for this evening, We've spent a lot of time over at Motorcycles of Charlotte because they have 
I think one of the coolest toy stores around, um, not just in Charlotte, but one of the coolest places around. So they have, you remember the list, right, Rico? Yeah. Ducati, BMW, MV, Triumph, Ural, Zero, Morgan, and I'm probably missing a few in there. But let's bring in uh, Charlie Hearn. He is the, well, I'll let him introduce himself, but I know he does internet and sales marketing for them. Um, so Charlie, welcome to Loud Pipes. Hey, thanks for having me tonight. Now, did I get that right? I know you do a lot of internet work and, and you're also sales as well. Yeah, internet, sales, advertising, marketing, uh, event planning, uh, whatever they ask me to do, basically. Uh, jack of all trades, I, I guess. Right. <laughs> I guess we know how that goes. Speaking of Rico, write this down. No. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> Hold on. I think I got that. John's not here. You're going to have to pick up the slack. So Got it. No worries. Awesome. So, yeah. So, we brought Charlie in to talk about uh, some of our favorites that we picked up from, well, from ICMA this year and just bikes we're interested in in general. So, we'll, we'll get into some things from Ducati, uh, probably a little bit about BMW, and then we'll sort of take it from there. Like we said, they also have Zero and and triumph and things of that nature. Uh, but before I get too far, what, uh, what's your daily ride, Charlie? Uh, I currently ride a 2015 R1200 GS. Ah, I called it. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> well, the other thing we're going to need a little help with, and I'll put it mildly, Rico can elaborate if he wants to, but it's been a little rough on BMW lately. So I'm hoping you can, you can sort of sell me on the value as we get into those bikes later on. Sure. Be happy to. And we hope he didn't listen to the prior episode, right, Rico? Uh, right, I find something I need to now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was all in good fun. Yeah, Sounds like someone be. got using expense uh, fun. So. Mm-hmm. <laughs> all right, well, Mr. Hogan, I'll let you go first. I know you were drooling over the ex uh, or Diavel. I keep saying that wrong. But I know you like the idea of a power cruiser from Ducati. So let's start there. I do. And I just, you know, ever since, you know, the, the showing at, uh, ICMA, I've just been oodling over this car and excuse me uh, over this bike. So excuse me as I dry my mouth off from the drool. Um, uh, but I am <laughs> right. so interested in, um, this bike. There's two different models, apparently the X Deval and the X Deval S. So we'll get this. I guess we'll talk about the specs and what's behind the two, the two and what makes them so different. So, Charlie, what do you think? Yeah. Uh, so, this uh, bike was introduced just recently. It's going to come out when? Uh, it should be hitting the fours uh, early next year. Uh, we're looking at probably March for that. Cool. So, but this is a and, bike. Uh, oh, sorry, Rico. Uh, this is a bike. They've been making this for a while. Not the X version, but the that particular model they've been making for a little while, right? The Diablo, I think, has been being made since 2011 or 2012. Okay. Uh, it's been around for a while, and uh, they uh, they recently updated it, 2015, and then they came out with the Diablo, uh, the X Diablo, and the X Diablo S, the gentleman's uh, Diablo. That's what they're marketing towards. What's the X? What's the X stand for? Any particular? Well, the X is is there. It differs uh, obviously from the fourth. Controls on the uh, the foot pegs uh, instead of a 220 rear tire, they're doing a big 240. Uh, wow. Power launch control. What I noticed a lot uh, is they're paying homage to the older Ducatis. You know, they're back to a trellis frame. Mm-hmm. And if you look at the if you look at the swing arm, it it looks like uh, it's off of an S1000 uh, 
or the SR1000 uh, Monster RS. It has that nice trellis uh, rear swing arm, single side swing arm. They did the adjustable suspension on it, and then they did a, a belt drive instead of a chain drive, so it's actually much quieter uh, and less maintenance wow. intensive uh, for the rear end. With the launch controls, so I, I, I read that there's a couple different modes. How many different modes are there? I think there are like three. Uh, I believe there are three different modes on it. Uh, there's going to be this full power, then there's going to be like a sport mode, which I think uh, it keeps you, the, the power right around the same, but uh, if it's like the older uh, Diablos, it'll also uh, it'll up up the uh, ABS and the trash control. And then rain mode, which and on the older bike, it, uh, it cut the power down to 100 horsepower and, you know, made the ABS and trash control uh, really sensitive. So if you're out on this monster in the rain, <laughs> you'll be okay. Wow. So speaking of horsepower, it looks like it's uh, it's that L-Twin, and it's pushing out 156 horses. Wow. The torque is probably what's most impressive. Mm-hmm. And it's flat. It, 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 it is. It was, what is the torque again? 90-something? I think it's like 95 of them. 95 foot pounds of torque and 156 yeah. horsepower. So, wow. Good stuff on that. That's awesome. That's a 1,262 12, cc motor. Wow. You better keep that, that towel handy, Rico. I know. I, I'm so, so stoked about this. And what's nice, too, is all the torque is at the low end, is what I'm hearing. So, I'm excited about that. It kind of pulls like my freight train I got in the garage. <laughs> Well, if I could keep you drooling for just a second, uh, shortly, uh, Ducati will be announcing a, uh, a nationwide tour for these Diablos, and uh, our dealership will have the only one in North Carolina of a three-part demo day. Uh, it'll Shut have three days. <laughs> Are you kidding me? All right, I got to get on the, the mailing list or something. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my goodness! I guess just follow us on Facebook at Motorcycles of Charlotte. Okay, got and, it. Uh, all the events are always up there, so you won't miss miss any events. Awesome! I would definitely do that. Now, how much does this bad boy weigh? Excellent. We're looking at four hundred eighty-five pounds drawn and five hundred forty-five pounds wet. Wow, that's impressive. Would you say, Rich? I still got to Rico. I still got to go back to the original statement, like. You know, specs, yes, I, I get it. But I'm still not sure what what's really bringing you into this particular bike. I mean, at one point you wanted a cruiser. Okay. I, I'm, I'm down with that. Right. Then you went with the big Indian. Right. And okay. oh, we both yeah, like Ducati, okay. so we put that part out there. But but do you really want to match the two together, like the cruiser and a Ducati? That's kind of where I'm I'm struggling. Okay. Okay, so let me let me put it in a little perspective for you so you can get where I'm coming from. Now, you know how I was looking at the V-Rod for, for a while now, right? I do, yeah. In the beginning, okay. So this reminds me of a V-Rod, but it has the Ducati twist to it. So it has a Ducati monster feel with the the frame, the tre- what's it called, the trellis frame? Yeah, trellis yeah. frame. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, the trellis frame. And so it, so it has that front. That that frame, which I like, it has that V rodish looking front end with the rake angle, so I like that, and I love the single swing arm. I love the dual pipes coming out of the side, and I love that tail that's cut off. All right, it looks sweet. The single swing arm is a bonus. You kidding me? I love that, and <laughs> the other bonus is the belt drive. I'm, I'm all about that. Yeah, I'm all about that. It's, it just speaks to me, and I wish 
I would have known this was coming out. I probably would have held off a little longer um, to drive it to see what it feels like and what it sounds like. And I'm curious, are there going to be any aftermarket? I'm sure there will be, but I wonder what an aftermarket exhaust would sound like on this thing. Because I love the Ducati sound. I can almost guarantee there's going to be a Terminioni exhaust system available for it. Yeah. Uh, Much like the... uh, when the 15 darts came out, uh, Terminioni made a, a dark exhaust. So all the, the pipes were black and then it just had a big mm. fat black carbon fiber, uh, dual exit carbon, uh, exhaust. It was so good looking. And then the sound just, uh, nice. That is big. now, which bike is it? I'm, I'm going to step away just for a second and then we'll come back to this one. But there's one bike I was watching in the release. There's, there's a full titanium acro exhaust setup. Is that the Enduro, or is that a different bike I'm thinking of? Uh, Something I was watching I earlier today. The Panigale R comes with the uh, the titanium acro exhaust uh, standard. Uh, it still does have a catalytic converter on it because it's mm-hmm. uh, still a uh, homologated uh, race bike, so it has to be street legal. Oh, that's okay. So that's a standard. That's not a an option. That's just that's what comes on the bike. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. That makes it even better then. <laughs> cool. It kind of seemed like a an accessory to me. Go ahead. You have to come down to the dealership and take some pictures of it. We have one sitting on the showroom floor. Absolutely. Oh, nice. Yeah, I know, Rico. You were just drooling over the the last Panigale when we were there in uh, last January yeah. for the preview show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you know, we were we kept talking about we got to get out and test drive that. So, are are you allowing people to test drive that bike? Not the R. Uh, I do have a twelve ninety nine S as a demo bike uh, that. Once spring comes along, uh, and we actually have time to warm the tires up, uh, we'll allow some demo rides on that. Oh, cool. So, so there we go. We'll make sure we can uh, bring our tire, our wheel warmers. <laughs> yep. <laughs> and another pin on the calendar for sure. <laughs> yep. So going back to the X Deval, so how much is that bike going to run? So there's two different models, so there, I'm sure there's two different prices for that bike. For the just the extra Diablo, you're looking at uh, nineteen thousand nine hundred ninety-five dollars, so about twenty grand. And then for the X Diablo S, add an extra three grand onto that, uh, so Not bad. twenty grand yeah. and twenty-three thousand, which is pretty uh-huh. reasonable for the uh, for what what you're getting yeah. in the bike. It's a great value, right? Yeah, right. just the hardware. So I I'm kind of feeling you now, Rico, on the hardware. Right to get a single-sided swing arm to get that much power, I mean, it has Brembo monoblocks for God's sakes, right? I mean, to I know, get that right? kind of hardware, you're going to be spending some coins. So I'm, I get it from that aspect for sure. Yeah, and it only comes in one color, the way it should be. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Absolutely. <laughs> All right, go Absolutely. ahead. Sorry, I stepped on you there, Rico. <laughs> no worries. So let me kind of narrow this down, put it more. Break. So dry weight, it's 485 pounds. Uh, we got mm-hmm. a 77 cubic inch, 1,262 cc L-twin, 156 horsepower, putting out 95 foot-pounds of torque at 5,000 RPMs. Launch control in three different modes, six-speed transmission, belt-driven, What's also cool about this bike, it has a lean angle of what, 40? 40 degrees. 40 degrees. That's amazing. Wow. How could you go wrong with this bike? (laughs) That's nine. (laughs) That's nine and eight more degrees than mine, respectively, left to right. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> so I, 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 I think, too, you can have like a couple different seated positions and a couple different uh, handlebar positions on this bike, too, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, with, the, with the cruiser culture, yeah, uh, I think they allow it to do a couple different things. That way you're as much, you're as comfortable as you can be on the bike. That's amazing. Now do you see why I'm in love with it? Do you see why I'm in love with this bike? I do, I do, but you're going to get mad when I tell you why I don't like it. <laughs> I don't get mad. <laughs> like I said, I, I after watching the video today and, and looking up some other details and, and listening to you talk about the specs, I totally get it. Big power cruiser with Ducati chops. I mean, that makes sense. I just just a cruiser that will do what you want it to do, right? Go like stink, stop, turn well. That part, I get it. You know, I have no problems with that. But it falls down for me just with the overall aesthetics. Just the, and I'm not talking about the shape. You know, it's a gorgeous bike on the surface or as a whole. But when you think about a cruiser, right? Think of, think of something like, like my Deuce or any sort of classic cruiser. There's only a couple of basic shapes to it. Right, your V in the center, pipes come down the side, wrap around frame. It's really kind of simple, almost simplistic. But when I look at the side of this, what kills it for me is just all the different angles. You got the L twin going in one direction, you got the trellis frame, you know, crossing in another direction, and then you've got, I think that is a clutch cover there, Charlie, on the far right, with like the six pointed star. I think that's a clutch cover right in front of the exhaust. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's, this bike looks like something what Cato would have. <laughs> yeah, you know, true. from the Green Hornet. Are you feeling you yeah. me? This is Cato's bike right here. Yeah, you're right. How cool you're is right. that? <laughs> That's the only thing missing it for me. It's just I think they did an awesome job of of hiding the plumbing. I'm not sure how they did that even, but you know, to get the plumbing from this engine tucked in somewhere, that part to me is just amazing. But I just, I kind of lose it a little bit in the lines that are going on, like in the middle. But as a whole, the shape, the silhouette is fantastic. But I just have to tidy up that midsection a little bit to get on board with it being like a full-on cruiser, you know? Yeah, I guess. I, I, I can see where you're going with that, and that's, and that's fine. But from a sport bike perspective, this bike is a happy medium between the two worlds. Oh, yeah, for sure. For sure. This is for that 55-year-old guy who had a sport bike in college. Uh, and, uh, you know, had a family, mm-hmm. his kids are off to college now or just finished college and he's looking to get back into motorcycling. Yeah. And, you know, this is, this is it. Like he had a, say an old 750 F1 Ducati, you know, and then, you know, now he's got the money for, for this. And, you know, he looks at this thing as this is his new, his new life, like what he's looking to do with it kind of thing. You right. know, they didn't. It didn't interrupt the uh, the single-sided swing arm like they did on the old ones by having the exhaust in front of it. I mean, if you look at it, the exhaust, it stops right there before it gets to the rim. So, yeah. like, that whole back, big back tire and big wheel is just there. And you're like, it's just saying, hey, look at this yeah. kind of thing. I'm feeling that, Charlie. <laughs> I'm feeling that. And he's right. He, and, and that 55-year-old or 50-year-old guy don't have to lean over the tank on this one. He can sit straight right. up, and he can adjust it to where he feels comfortable. He he doesn't have to sit on the tank and have his wrist aching 10 minutes down mm-hmm. the road. This would be that bike for him. Yeah, and that particular customer you're talking about, you're right. They're going to be bored to tears on a Harley. 
you know, or, yeah, or most cruisers, most V-twin cruisers, they're going to be bored to tears. I mean, this one's going to handle not quite as well as a sport bike, but with a 40-degree lean angle, I mean... That's pretty good, yeah. I mean, only Rossi or Marquez or someone like that's going to be riding that thing where you're scraping pegs. So. <laughs> or Mr. <Yeah>. Hogan. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like a trip to the devil's whip. Absolutely. <laughs> Which is a much better road than the, the tail of the dragon, by the way. Yeah, yeah. If you All have right, been a 226A, I recommend going there. 226A? Yes, we have. Just done it. Diamondback? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Good times. I did that on my big boy. Sorry, go ahead. Say that again. I say I did that on my big boy. Impressive. I think you've got more mountain and track time on an Indian probably than anybody. Except maybe Aaron. <laughs> <laughs> That's true, but he hasn't had his on the track yet, so I got him beat there. That's true. We won't tell anyone it was just a parade lap, though. <laughs> it doesn't matter. It was on the track. So <laughs> Still that on the track. <laughs> Let's close this bike down. Well, Charlie, we'll give you the final thoughts on this one. I I understand the clientele. I understand the concept. Um, you think you guys will move a lot of these, or they're not going to make a ton of these, right? As far as you know. No, no. I actually I have uh, one person in mind, uh, and I'll be sure to tell him about this podcast so he can listen. He'll know exactly who he is uh, <laughs> for this bike uh, when it comes out. Good stuff. All right, very good. So I get it, Rico. I'm I'm kind of on board. Just need a little styling exercise. All right, we won't spend a lot of time on this, but I did want to talk a little bit about the Scrambler line because um, when we first saw the the Scrambler last year, saw it at the preview show. I haven't had a chance to ride it yet, but we're working on that. <laughs> Where were you all summer? I've been there all summer for you. And uh, nice. So we we see where this is going now, right? More of, more of a brand, or sorry, more of a broadening of the brand. Uh, new int- entry level bike, much lower um, entry point in terms of price and engine size, and a nifty new flat track model. So overall sales, these things are are moving pretty well, right? That's what we kind of noticed. I yeah. think we sold over thirty five this year, uh, or right there at it. It was. Uh, we had 26 deposits uh, at the end of our Scrambler demo day last year for release party. Very nice. It was big. That's that's cool. For those who don't know, the Cotty Scrambler is more to me as a intro bike, I guess you could call it, right? Or somebody who who has been away from riding a motorcycle and just coming back to it. I guess uh, this will fit that bill uh, where they don't want something with too much horsepower but they want it to still get up and go be able to get on the highway and do maybe do a little dirt if possible and dirt meaning like dirt roads and maybe cutting across the the grass or something like that i think that's what i see this bike capable of is just doing that just short little trips to go around the you know kick but uh, for the most part this bike to me is and awesome for like a, a woman rider. Well, not to say that a lot of women riders will get this bike because one, it the price point is eighty five hundred, and it has a eight hundred and three cc motor in it, with is putting out seventy five horsepower, right? It, and it, the, it's four hundred uh, pounds for the scrambler. For the uh, scrambler last year, uh, they actually the price actually went up on the icon this year. Oh, uh, uh, so the icons are no longer uh, the price point entry-level bike. Uh, the 62s are the new ones that are coming out this year. 
Ah, so, so that's different from the Scrambler. So tell us about the 62. That's going to be a smaller version then, huh? Yeah, the 62s uh, are actually going to be the 400cc entry-level version. Uh, they're going to be the ones that are speaking to people who uh, have always wanted to, to own a Ducati, uh, but you know maybe price was an issue or they were a little uh, intimidated by the power uh, or something like that. This allows them to step into a Ducati at a, uh, a great, great uh, price point. Um, nice. You know, the 62s, they come in three different colors, the Atomic Tangerine, uh, the Shining Black, and then my personal favorite is actually the Ocean Gray. It mm. looks almost like an ice white, which I am very partial to. Very nice. Very nice. Yeah. Very nice. So of, uh, I'm sure you've ridden all of the different variants of the Scrambler. Do you have a favorite of the four that are out uh, my favorite looking one is the uh, the Enduro Pro, but I'm partial to the uh, the adventure <laughs> segment right now. We're getting so, there. <laughs> yeah, I'm a big I'm a big big fan of uh, the adventure segment right now. So I may have a little bias towards the uh, Enduro uh, and the way it looks. Yeah, so that one makes a lot of sense to to me. Just that style of bike. I mean, I if you're going to get into the the sort of the lifestyle brand, if you will. I think you have to get that one. You got to get the enduro looking one. That's Absolutely. Just I I think any of the other ones should come uh, standard with a, a plaid shirt and tight jeans. <laughs> right. Oh, they don't. You can buy them on the uh, the Cotty or the the Scrambler store if you want. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Are you trying to call out my my plaid shirts of your? Uh, I, uh, I was. <laughs> All right, one more on, on the Scrambler, and then we'll, we'll move on to, to my baby of Ducati. Um, <laughs> I have to backpedal a little bit, Rico, because last episode, I think I said that I wasn't really digging the flat track model until I saw them unveil it and saw them sort of taking a few laps of it or laps with it on the track. I'm kind of backpedaling a little bit. I, I'm kind of digging it now. Really? And I think if I was going to do some weekend racing, this would be awesome, right? Just load it up head out to the dirt track and kick it sideways it would be a hoot what okay so what number would you put on that uh, side plate on the back of that thing yeah probably probably three go back to my old Earnhardt days (laughs) (laughs) all right so um this thing that one that particular one comes with slip-ons right dual slip-ons yeah i think it's it it has the terminioni slip-on silencer uh like the uh the previous model in the full throttle. Nice. So if you remember the full throttle last year came with the, uh, the slip on Charmy as well. Yeah. Oh, cool. So, adds great value to the bike. Oh, I can imagine. Yeah. So, oh, and it, I didn't realize, I thought that was more of a, well, I guess that would make sense. I was thinking it was more of a full exhaust system, but, um, price point wise, I guess it would make sense to just be a slip on. Right. Right. Well, a full exhaust system, uh, it's, it's upwards of uh, $2,500 for a Charmy system. Uh, yeah, from, from the, the cylinders out, yep. Mm-hmm. So there, good. So now there's six different Scrambler models. So we got the 62, uh, which is coming out next year. Uh, we have the Urban Enduro. We have the Full Throttle, the Icon, the Classic, and the Flat Track Pro, right? Correct. So all of them... Uh, Pricing wise, are they generally the same? What's the difference between the th- six? So your flat track pro, uh, as of right now, and you mentioned there are six, and uh, of course uh, 
no official news from Ducati about a seventh uh, other than at, he watched the end of that video for Ducati release. Uh, they talked about releasing one more scrambler and announcing it towards the end of the year. <laughs> uh, so I don't wow. know any information on that. Uh, I know a website, I think it's www.google.com. Yeah. I was... <laughs> um, uh, probably had some information on uh, a scrambler that has yet to be unveiled. But, uh, yeah, the flat track pro is going to be the, the priciest at the moment at 11, three. And then your, your, your four or your three, uh, your classic, your full throttle and your urban enduro, they've moved up from 99, 95 in 2015. They've come up to, uh, 10,500. And then your, uh, your icons, have uh, moved up, uh, four and $500 or $400 to, uh, 89.95 and 88.95. And then 62 is coming at a reasonable uh, 79.95. There you go. Wow. Well, that should help you guys yeah. a little bit, right? If they keep they keep selling like they did. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I'm working with a gentleman now on one, so hopefully uh, we'll nice. close that deal soon. Very nice. It is the best selling uh, Ducati bike all around the world, but the best in the U.S. I must say. <laughs> so that's pretty cool for Ducati. Yeah, it's good for them. They it's a, it's a brand that they can grow. Yeah, yeah, and it's interesting to see them t- test this uh, price point with these bikes now, just to see how that works for them. So I'm curious to watch that uh, and keep a pulse and see how that works out. Right, they're starting this brand now, like they started the Monster brand. Uh, you know, we do remember when the old 900s came out and the 620s and stuff like that, uh, and even the 400. Uh, they were keeping them at these uh, low price points to to invigorate new customers to come in. Cool. Good info. All right. Yeah. Okay, Rico. So we've spent enough time on the tarmac. Let's get a little dirty. All right. <laughs> Attaboy. <laughs> <laughs> this is where Rich starts to drool, Charlie. Yeah, I was going to say, let me, let me see if I can find a napkin here somewhere. <laughs> well, we've talked, I don't know when we started, but I remember seeing, the first time I saw the, I believe it's the 1190R, or the Adventure R, or the Super Adventure, or one of those from KTM, but they all look fantastic. Um, when I saw that, I saw some videos of it, and just thinking of the the idea of it, that was really getting me going, and that, that kind of had me thinking, all right, unless maybe the KLR is getting a little long in the tooth, maybe time to step it up to a bigger adventure bike, and I'm sort of shopping for something that has a little more touring cred versus just my you know my soft tail. And I would also like it to handle halfway decent, which is sort of what brought me down to Multistrada at one point. But I do, I really do like it in the dirt, which is why I like the KLR. So I've always sort of steered towards the KTM. Um, and I guess BMW a little bit, even though that's a different conversation. <laughs> well, we'll talk about that. So now Ducati's getting into the game with their Multistrada 1200 Enduro. So what do you think about that one, Charlie? I know you're excited, so... I'll let you start there. <laughs> Excited is uh, it's kind of an understatement in a way. Uh, impressed, I think, is uh, is what it is. Uh, they're able to push out a uh, 160 horsepower monster for the dirt, uh, and then make it lighter than my 1200 GS, uh, which I thought was very impressive. Yeah, you know, it's com- it's coming in at 517 pounds. It's it's unreal to for that size of a bike to be that light. Jeez. They added a lot more suspension travel to it. They did the, you know, they 
they uh, went they went to Tour Tech and got Tour Tech to make them some bags, which mm-hmm. was really smart as well. Instead of trying to redesign the wheel, that's right. Uh, that's right. And they, you know, they've got some. They've got, they actually have some ground clearance on there. They put a big nineteen up there, so it's a true off road machine. And the uh, spokes. It's not a twenty one. Bravo for spoke the spokes. Wheels, yeah, uh, tubeless spoke wheels is that uh, you can't can't forget that. And then I, I'm a big fan of uh, of the metal they did down the side of it. You know, the aluminum they did down the side of it. Uh, it looks great uh, to hide that big gas tank they got on there. Yeah, the range on this is it, it kind of feels like the the KLR all grown up because the KLR has big like six and a half gallon gas tank on it and. You know, you can go out and tour with it, but that 650 just kind of runs out of breath, especially out on the interstate. Mm-hmm. So something like this, man, I could haul it down the highway and then just find some great dirt roads and even get back in the woods and still have enough ground clearance to do it all. Yes, please. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. And, you know, and then you get all the, the niceties, too, of uh, of a premium bike. You get the cruise control, you get the ABS, the traction control, the different power yep. modes electronic suspension, LED headlights, uh, heated grips. Uh, I don't know if people out there, if you don't have heated grips, I don't know why you, why you don't. There's so many aftermarket brands that make heated grips for your bikes. Right. uh, I'm loving mine, by the way. (laughs) (laughs) Well, and they even added, I was impressed that they even added the, um, uh, hill control. So if you're trying to start on a hill, just hold the bike there, kind of like some of the Land Rovers and, and off-road vehicles do. That was pretty impressive. Yeah, there's a couple brands doing that nowadays, uh, which is it's nice to see that come over from the uh, the sport touring segment, from you know the RT and the, the Trophy yep. and uh, those bikes. Uh, seeing that bleed over into this this genre. All right, so I get I get it with this one. It's you know it's the adventure bike. It's loaded with tech. Um, it's got the Ducati motor, which we love. Um, if nothing else, just for the sound. <laughs> um, so do I, ha- do I have the competitors, right? GS, uh, KTM, I don't know if it'd be the super adventure or the venture R and triumph tiger explorer, those kind of the big ones. Uh, yeah, the, the tiger, you know, t- we'll get into the triumphs later on, but they, uh, they just redesigned their big explorer. Uh, and they have, uh, essentially eight different models of that bike that you can, uh, you can choose from in the adventure series. Different. Eight different models? Are you serious? Uh, uh, yeah, well, I'll, I'll slightly delve into those. People can look up the specs themselves because we'll be here all night going over what each one of them has. Um, but yeah, so you got the, the Triumph Explorer, uh, and then you have the uh, the GS Adventure. Uh, I'd say the 1290 uh, Adventure from KTM. You can't forget the the new Honda. Uh, uh, oh, the Aston Africa Twin. Twin. Yeah, how could I forget that? And then yep. the, there are also, I just got done reading an article uh, before I got on here from Magzilla about their, the new Honda 1200 V4 uh, that's using the, the big motor out of the VFR. So they have a touring bike as well, uh, a touring adventure bike uh, that they're throwing into the, the mix this year. Nice. Now, a couple other ones I'll throw out there. I'd, I don't think they compete directly because they wouldn't be considered premium but I don't think we want to leave out the, the Super Tenere or the V-Strom Adventure, just for comparison's sake, right? Oh, definitely not. Uh, yeah. Even though they're not considered in the premium brand, they exactly. are still yeah. in the Adventure Touring brand, which is, uh, you know, a good, there's a good segment out there for them. And at every price point, it allows everyone who uh, wants to get into it, you know, from the NT700, which is 
we won't talk about how poor that bike is, but it gets an entry level adventure bike if you want it to be. Well, and then I w- would have added the Kawasaki Versus, but I don't think they are really looking for any dirt worthiness on that one, from what I can no, tell. No, I would, uh, I'd put them, the Versus, uh, how the, uh, the previous generation Multistrada was. Mm-hmm. Uh, not, not the 150 horsepower one, but the old 1100 air cooled. Exactly. Uh, I'd put in that, in that category. They are just a more sporty touring bike. Very nice. Well, my main concern with this bike will be aftermarket exhaust. Like you said, I'm sure there'll be a slip on, maybe even a full system at mm-hmm. some point. And not, not that I want to make it as loud as my soft tail, but you know, I, I do want to hear that twin for sure. Well, the nice thing about the Connie's is even without the, an exhaust, the motor is because it's sitting right there on underneath you. Uh, you'll hear it every time you get into the revs. If you want everyone else to hear you, though, that's when you uh, you put a pipe on there. <laughs> like I always tell people that start yelling, it's like, you know, the earplugs are for me, the pipes are for you. <laughs> <laughs> yes, Rich, I wear my earphones. Uh, so yeah, I'm I'm super excited about this one, and I know you're going to have one for us to ride, right? And I'm I'm uh, totally bummed that I missed your adventure day, but I'm on Facebook now and I'm I am linked up. <laughs> <laughs> you missed an incredible adventure day. We had uh, no uh, no mishaps. We did have one uh, <laughs> one metal panniered fall off and get crushed by an eighteen wheeler. Uh, not too bad, you know? <laughs> it's unusable. We'll auction it off next year at our next adventure day for charity. Nice. Nice. Uh, but we had. Uh, we had a 1200 uh, GS, a GSA. We had our Multistrada out there, the XR, uh, the XC, uh, X, uh, the XRX uh, Triumphs. Uh, and then we had a big XC 1200 uh, Explorer out there. And then I actually busted out the uh, the FX Zero as well. I couldn't oh, forget man. that little guy. Say hey, what? Really? <laughs> Zero was represented? Yes, sir. Wow. So wh- where did this take place? Was it just local, or did you go down to like Carolina Adventure World or something? Oh, we uh, we did it all from the dealership with our bikes there. Uh, we had a, a nice uh, twenty-two mile route that we uh, we had a, a lead guy on, and everyone signed up. And it's more uh, on-road use, but you got to feel the bike and everything like that. I don't think our insurance would be very happy if we took them off-roading, <laughs> especially right. people that we don't know if they can off-road or not. But you did get in the dirt a little bit, right? I saw some pictures. Or is that just a? Uh, I put my bike in the dirt. <laughs> oh, <laughs> that was my personal bike. <laughs> all right, all right. I understand yeah. now. But still, but still, that's a cool. Day. That's pretty yeah. cool. Yeah. Yeah, we had a, a great turnout. We had uh, we had over 150 people show up, so we were wow. very excited about that. Wow, wow. Now that dealership is pretty cool because upstairs, I think last time we were there, what what day was that, Rich? Where they had the they were taking apart the motor and they had this they had the food upstairs. Yeah. It's nice that you guys have that lounge area upstairs. That's that a, pretty cool. That was a Ducati preview last year, twenty fifteen. Right, right. That's what it was. Yep. Yeah, we have a full clubhouse upstairs where we serve lunch uh, every Saturday for anybody that comes out, and then uh, the clubhouse is you know it's for. Anybody that has is having their bike service just wants to come by and hang out. We have a full theater room upstairs. You can watch movies or uh, whatever's on TV uh, that we have there. So definitely a cool place to come just hang out. That's probably a good segue. We can come back and talk to the bikes a little bit. But yeah, let's get into the, the dealership a little bit. 
And Rico and I together have sort of coined this as our favorite toy store, certainly in the Charlotte area and, and maybe the larger uh, Southeast as well. Um, but yeah, some other brands that you guys have that are interesting. Um, talk about those a little bit, like Zero and Morgan and, and Urals and all that. Oh, yeah. We're, uh, one of my favorite brands, uh, of course, is uh, the Zero. I think it's, uh, it's fantastic. Uh, electric motorcycles, uh, believe it or not, just like cars, will eventually take over uh, the, uh, the world, I hope. We agree. And, uh, you know, they have, uh, they have great bikes with different power levels for uh, different types of riders and different style bikes, you know. They have uh, just an S, which is a very light sport bike. Uh, the SR, which is, uh, you know, their biggest one is a, a 15 uh, kilowatt per hour battery. That's going to get you 197 mile around town range with 106 foot pounds of torque instantly. It's great, great times on electric bikes. They have two new models coming out this year. Uh, their adventure bike, uh, which would be the S, the DSR, you know, it can have up to a uh, 15 kilowatt per hour battery set up and 179 mile range. And it still has 106 foot pounds of torque on it. And you can bag it up and go right around and take it off road and have a good time with it. Uh, and then they have their, uh, their new FXS, which is, uh, it's a hyper motard, you know, 17 inch front wheel, 17 inch rear wheel with, uh, with a good 90 mile range around town and, you know, 44 horsepower and 170 foot pounds of torque on that one. And then, you know, you're basically looking at no maintenance on a zero. Uh, you have a belt drive. Uh, there's no valves, uh, there's no gas, there's no oil, no spark plugs. The new motors they just designed, they said they're not even getting them uh, to get the warning light on, uh, the heat signature light, saying that uh, the motors are running too hot. So, huh. and then, Yeah, it's pretty much tires, yeah. tires, belt, and grips, right? <laughs> uh, yeah, tires, belt, and brakes is, uh, is really about it. And then about every 15, 20,000 miles, replace your belt, and uh, you're, you're ready to rock and roll. Yeah, those are fun. Rico and I, we did ride them. I think it's been about a year ago now. We rode the FX and I think the the DS are the two that we had out. Yeah. Okay. Were you guys at the zero demo day? Yeah, it was a zero demo day. And I came back and rode the sport bike, the SR, afterwards. Uh And uh, I just love these bikes. And um, the only caveat, I guess, I I would bring up about these bikes that I think me and Rich agree on is just how quiet it is. I think, um, you know, other than that, even though you have that wine, I think it, it, it may be a little quiet to be on the highway and people's blind spot with the thing. But, you know, that's just a personal preference. Some people that won't bother, they might prefer to be stealthy. Right. But me, I like, I like to have that, that, that noise. But again, that's personal preference. But other than that, bike was awesome it had lots of speed i mean it had a couple different modes how many different modes this this bike come in i think it was two or three yeah it has three modes it has a sport mode and eco mode and then it has a custom mode where you can actually adjust your uh, your torque curve uh your region uh your and then uh, your your top speed uh using your iphone or android phone with their zero app and just bluetooth over to the bike so no uh no fancy equipment needed to create your own uh, your own ride mode on the bike. That is pretty cool. I love them. Yeah, I've. We also had a chance to ride the the prototype uh, live wire from Harley, and and we both <laughs> were were searching for our checkbooks as soon as that thing came out, or at least I was. And for me, mainly because it it has some feedback noise. You know, you get a little 
something out of it. It's a little more emotional, but just electric bikes in general, they're cool. I'm, I'm definitely going to be owning one in the future. Yeah. You know, I wonder if Tesla's going to come out with an electric bike. We'll see. One, one step at a time. Oh, okay. <laughs> they need to sell well, cars first. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, you know, I'm just curious because it, it, it's such a cool market, and I can't wait for uh, other make, makers uh, to, to, to come out with their own version of electric bike. I think it's going to be the future, and I'm so excited with the you know with all the new battery technology and what they what these guys are doing with these bikes. And they just did one at the the Isle of Man, right? They just did a race, which was pretty cool. I think they just did one lap, but still to do one yeah. lap at those speeds, forget about it. Yeah, that's actually been going on for a couple of years now. Uh, the Isle of Man race. Uh, yeah. If you want to see a, a good documentary on that, actually, it's on Netflix. Uh, it's called Charge. It talks about uh a couple different brands uh, out there uh, before before people even knew what they were. Right. Uh, Brambo is out there, and uh, I think uh, I'll see who else is out there. Zero has never competed in the Isle of Man, uh, but there's yeah. uh, Moto Sisk, which which got bought out by a different company to to use uh, their technology. But it's a it's a great documentary uh, if you're the least bit interested in uh, in electric motorcycles. Oh, I'm gonna check it out for sure. Yeah, and that that was called Charge. It's called Charge. Yeah, no, I was just going to add a big fan of the Isle of Man races in general, too. So that's a that's a good one for my list. Absolutely. But Zero, they, they compete in Pikes Peak, and they, they took another title, did they not, this year, if I'm not mistaken? Uh, I'm not sure, actually. Yeah, I think, they, I think they clobbered the peak again. I thought I saw some press about that. But I'm sure Google will let us know. All right, see, moving yeah, on they, to the next bikes. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. They uh, they did they did compete in it, and uh, let's see here. They did it in it's like 12 minutes and 37 seconds. Wow, and that it, sounds pretty good for the peak. Mm-hmm. Yeah, good stuff. Yeah, and I'm I'm super excited to see what Victory is going to do now that they have acquired most of Bramo, or at least the motorcycle division, and they they put a bike right into production. I mean, I know it's essentially a you know, a re reflavored Bramo, but mm-hmm. it's cool that they, they bought it and put it right into production. So that speaks yeah. volumes. Yeah, it does. And a nice kick in the teeth to Harley. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Keep dragging your feet on that prototype. <laughs> right. I think we'll it's see. great that, uh, all these, these, these companies are doing it because it, it just keeps people, you know, inspired to, to make better bikes. Uh, you right. know, if zero was the only manufacturer around. I, uh, I feel like, Yep. Uh, that the electric motorcycles wouldn't really take hold because it'd just be one company making it. But, you know, if Honda and if the big four Japanese guys start making bikes, I really feel like that segment will really take off. Yeah, uh, I agree there. People will start paying attention. Yeah. And well, and it's going to put uh, price pressure on it too. So when you get the big, well-funded companies in there, they're going to be able to drive that cost down. You'll be able to get into them cheaper, and then the charging infrastructure, and it should just snowball from there. Yep. Absolutely. Let's hope. Good stuff. Well, I've got, I just have one more Ducati to touch on, and then let's we'll spend a little time on BMW since I know that's that's near and dear to your heart. <laughs> and this will be quick, but I just I just got to ask. So I like the Multistrada. I understand the touring, the sport touring aspect of it. I'm really digging the new Enduro. That that speaks to me on a couple different levels. But the Pikes Peak, why, why the need for that one? That's the one I don't get. I mean, 
yes, it's it's a sporty multi-strata. I get it with all the, you know, sports suspension, carbon fiber, and, and all that stuff. But I just don't, I don't get the need for that bike, I guess. You know, why would you want, why would a customer want that and not just get like a Monster or a Panigale? I mean, I know the seating position is different, but just in general, like if you're going to go that far into the sporting territory, it seems like you're looking at another bike. Well, uh, the, the Pike Seek version of the Multistrada is to pay homage to the uh, the bike that won Pike Seek this year was their Multistrada uh, with O-Lean suspension, the big TTX in the rear, the big M50s up front. Uh, you know, all the carbon fiber that was on that's on the Pike Peak was on the Pike Peak bike up at Pike Peak. Okay. Um, I'm sure I said Pike Peak like four times in a row. There, but, <laughs> you covered uh, it. Yep. <laughs> that's right. I think everyone knows which bike we're talking about and where it was raced at this point. Uh, that was Pike Peak, right? Wait, where was that again? I, I, wait, wait, where were we again? Um, <laughs> but it. They, they've done it before. Uh, they did it on their previous generation bike. Uh, okay. The, the one before the new redesign. Uh, they had a Pikes Peak version there. I think it's, uh, it's, it's neat that they, uh, they pay homage to it. And, uh, you know, they, they're not, it's not too much more expensive than what, what the old one costs or what, you know, the newest version costs right now. Gotcha. Uh, you get the big old lane suspension up front. Uh, you get the big old lanes in the back, you get the big brakes and it, it looks different. It's, you get the uh, Terminioni slip-on exhaust uh, that you know everyone is clamoring for. Uh, it's it's a beautiful bike. Uh, if you haven't seen one in person, again, come down to the dealership. I have one in stock. Awesome. Okay, so yeah, that, I guess that makes sense. More like a celebration than than anything. It is. Yeah. It, it is. It's like uh, it's like when Suzuki did uh, the Telefonica or the Corona All Star bikes back in two thousand two and two thousand three. Uh, you know, they were paying homage to the guys that won MotoGP for them. Yeah. So Kenny Roberts and all those guys. So it's just a celebration. Cool. Yeah. I was just kind of thinking, you know, for my money, if I'm looking to go fast, I think there's other bikes. Yeah. <laughs> We're going to start calling you Charlie Murphy. <laughs> it's a celebration. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's not, co- I think that's copyrighted. I probably can't say anything else at this point. Oh, uh, too funny. But we, we, we can get into the player haters ball later if you'd like. <laughs> okay. <laughs> nice. Well, I guess that's a good segue into BMW then. Or you want to? Oh, st- what player haters ball? <laughs> <laughs> it's a celebration. <laughs> yeah, let me let me give you the backstory. You you don't have to go listen if you want if you don't want to. But <laughs> I guess I was being a little unkind to BMW, and it's. I guess to me, I've always looked at them, and, it, and this is purely just an, an outsider's view. It just, you know, it just seemed very expensive for what you get, and a little bit like the cars, you know, a little too much tech for its own good. But then I look at things now, like, you know, like the Multistrada Enduro, and you know, certainly KTM is not missing any tech on that bike either. Um, but like I said, it's just kind of an outsider's view, and. And sort of styling wise, they're not my first pick either. So that's sort of where some of the prior comments were coming from. Well, if I if I could lead off with a little backstory before I even started as a dealership, uh, I uh, was strictly a sport bike guy. Uh, I only rode sport bikes. Okay. And uh, anytime I saw anybody on anything but a sport bike, I thought they were. Uh, I was like, oh, why the heck? That's not a real motorcycle. A sport bike's the only real motorcycle, you know. So that's <laughs> that's what I started out riding. And uh, little did I know uh, that I would uh, eventually drink the Kool-Aid and uh, like BMWs. 
and actually learned to love BMWs uh, about that. The first uh, BMW I ever rode was a, uh, an R1200 RT uh, oil head. It was a 2010. And uh, I, took, I brought it home and I put my wife on the back. And uh, I think I was sold after that. Uh, huh. The air management system, uh, the power, the way it felt. I immediately ran off and sold my Aprilia sport bike and started saving up for my GS. Uh, that's, that's how quickly it took hold of me. And then from there, it, you know, if I, if I would have saw myself, uh, two years ago this summer riding a, a K1600 GTL with my wife on the back and high vis clothing, I probably would have kicked the shit myself, uh, back then. But, uh, <laughs> all right. Well, that's, so that's a good endorsement then. So, so what is it? What's the draw then? Is it, is it the complete package or is it the touring chops? Like, you know, it's, uh, it's a little, it's a little bit of everything. It's, um, uh, from the lifestyle of it, like, you know, every bike you ride, you know, from a Harley rider to a Ducati guy, to a Triumph guy, to, uh, to anybody, a Honda guy in general, you know, there's guys out there that only will ever ride a gold wing for the rest of their life. There's nothing else to, right, to it. Right. Uh, the BMW lifestyle, uh, you know, I think I may have hit that, uh, that, that range or that age where I was like, you know, I could afford something a little bit nicer. Uh, and then I, you know, I took, I took hold of that and was like, wow, this is, this is exactly what I wanted. I want to, I want to be comfortable. I want to be, uh, I want to be reliable. I want to know that it didn't go to the lowest end. Uh, right. <laughs> uh, when I buy a bike, um, you know, and you know, that the engineering's there much like, uh, if you were to go buy their car, same thing. Like, you know, that they've, they've made it as best as they could every single time. They don't cut corners on it or anything like that. Yeah, and I, I have that struggle with cars. We in the similar family, we have an Audi and it's been rock solid. I mean, I I know if something big breaks, it's gonna be expensive, but nothing has. Mm-hmm. And it's just right. been a fantastic little car. And on the flip side, you know, we have another vehicle, which I won't mention again, <laughs> that just will nickel and dime you to death with the constant repairs and recalls and whatnot. And you know, I guess I see that trade-off. You pay up front, you get a nice premium product, it's well-engineered, and as long as nothing big goes wrong, then you kind of win. I mean, even, even if something does big go, even if something big goes wrong on it, uh, you know that once it sticks, that's, that's it kind of thing. I would say that uh, if you take care of any bike, it's going to, if you do the scheduled maintenance and stuff like that, yeah. um, you're going to, you're going, your bike's going to last a long time. If, if you're not going to do them, uh, your bike will last 30,000 miles, uh, no matter what bike you ride, whether it's a Honda or a, uh, a BMW or a Moto Guzzi or whatever, you, know, you have to take care of your bikes. You know, you have to move your chain, change your final drive fluid, change the oil, check your valves, uh, for God's sakes, change your brake fluid every year, not every three years kind of thing. Right. You know, uh, it's just taking care of the bike and the guys who, you know, like us who ride all the time, uh, whether it's, 23 degrees outside or hundred, uh, we're the ones that, uh, that know the real test. It's usually the people who, uh, are fair weather riders that bash on the bikes a lot harder. Um, so, well, I think Rico, then I'm, I'm going to have to ride some because, you know, as I've sort of looked around for something sportier than what I'm riding and something that is a little more towards the touring side, I don't want to go too far because I really do enjoy just riding the bike open. And that's why you know, I like my cruiser, even, you know, hop on it and ride it up to, you know, Pennsylvania to see my folks. It's like 700 miles one way. 
And I just like riding without the windshield and without the fairing and all that stuff. But I, I totally see the value of maybe getting a little more protection, <laughs> you yeah. know, maybe even just a little windshield or something. But that's kind of why I'm, I'm starting to fish around on these other bikes because there's just, there's so many good options out there. And if I can get one that's more in that Enduro family, that's kind of like a win-win-win, I guess, at that point. Well, you do know that BMW is coming out with their Concept 101, right? It's a bagger. It's a bagger. I don't know if we talked about that one, did we, Rico? No, we haven't. That's just why I'm bringing it up. Because, one, it's BMW, and two, (laughs) it has a windshield, and it's a bagger. Well, let's let's skip the uh, scrambler, then. Let's look at this thing. <laughs> oh geez, I wasn't prepared for this one. Give me a second. <laughs> I, I just I'm threw just, it out there. I'm just, just kidding. I, I actually, I, I know what it, I know the motor and everything. So, uh, <laughs> so Rolling Rolling, Rolling Sands actually uh, he designed this bike. Uh, he put some uh, some Chevy Chase wood grain paneling down the side of it and some carbon fiber. <laughs> but I think what, what's really neat about it is they uh, you know they're using the big uh, K1600 motor, so that's a 650cc uh, motor. Mm. on that bike so you have 160 horsepower so you have plenty of power plenty of torque uh if you haven't ridden a 1600 bike uh, i highly recommend it whether it's the gt or the gtl uh they sound like uh like f1 cars when you get into the revs on them are those is that a four is that an i4 that's a six. Oh, they're six okay yes sir so they're more uh, more like goldwing style mm-hmm. the weight's down low yeah uh, very balanced uh, it, you know, I weigh, I weigh 120 pounds and that bike weighs almost 800 and I rode that through the Highlands this summer, uh, the GTL and, uh, I was terrified in traffic, uh, with it <laughs> because it was so big, but, uh, it was confidence inspiring. Uh, it was a long wheelbase, but, uh, it, uh, it did very well up in the Highlands. So, and that was a, other day trip with my wife on the back too. So, well, I think that's the other thing. So I think you're, you're totally hitting on the other uh, part of I think the big BMWs and even the big touring bikes in general. Like if you're going to do two up riding, you know you're definitely in the right place. Then at that point, oh, that's that's why I'm on my GS. Yeah. Uh, I wasn't. Uh, I didn't have the old man uh, gray hair yet for my RT. Uh, <laughs> otherwise, <laughs> easy, uh, we would have we, we would have taken that RT home that day uh, instead. But it was the GS was the compromise. It was uh, boxer motor. Uh, it was a newer design. It had to have cruise control. Had to have cruise control on my bike because um, I ride it every day. I don't even have a car, so that's why I ride every day. Good man. So, Good man. I go back and forth. I work from home, which makes it a challenge to get out and ride every day. But I don't know the thought of going back to an office. Ugh, I don't sure I want to trade that. <laughs> I understand. Yeah. So, luckily. Um, when you know, when we met the first time at the, the Scrambler event, you know, my job description uh, hasn't really changed. It's a little bit more responsibility uh, now that I've gotten uh, more in depth into the job and everything. But I typically do just uh, ride motorcycles uh, and uh, play on the internet for the most part. So uh, I cannot complain. Good stuff. Well, what else? Um, is there anything else on BMW? You know, that's new and exciting. You want to mention before we, you know, venture off into things like Triumph that you let out earlier. <laughs> There's a, there's a couple things, uh, just kind of do, you know, the G, the new G310R, we were talking about the, the 62 Scrambler, uh, from Ducati, yeah. uh, BMW came out with a 310, uh, motor, uh, like small sport bike as well. Make it pay homage to the, uh, 
the F800R and then also the, uh, the S1000R. Uh, it has the styling of the S1000R, which I think uh, it kind of hit the nail on the head with that. It's making it look a lot sportier than you know, how fast it is kind of thing. You know, They did it in three colors. They did the motorsport colors, the white, the blue, and the red, and the black, and then they did the, that, uh, that almost Carolina Panthers blue on it. But uh, it's going to be a great bike for all skill levels, I think. That pearl white is nice. I mean, even the, the S1000RR in white, it's one of the best-looking white bikes I've ever seen in terms of a paint scheme. Mm-hmm. You hear that, Rico? A BMW compliment. How do you like that? Wow. I'm impressed. <laughs> I'm, I'm slowly, slowly turning him. <laughs> Thank you. Well, that bike, so. that bike's a downright hooligan. So, <laughs> I mean, I don't care what, you know, what emblem is on the tank. That thing is a hooligan. <laughs> Cool. I think John mentioned this last episode, didn't he? Or not yeah. two episodes ago with with Jonathan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool. Yeah, I, they got a bunch of different bikes here, and uh, we'll, you know that's a whole nother show. So we'll have to have Charlie back to talk more in depth about the different uh, BMWs. So what do you think about that, Charlie? Come back. That sounds good to me. We can devote a whole show to BMW. <laughs> 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 just trying Hopefully to torture me now. <laughs> is he going to say that we're going to do it and then actually not record? <laughs> yeah, he won't hit the record button, right? <laughs> He'll be like, uh, we were supposed to have Charlie and Rico tonight, but uh, they couldn't make it, so it's just me. <laughs> <laughs> and we're going to talk about Harleys. It's going to be 40 minutes of just listening to me rev the engine. <laughs> no, I don't do that anymore. Uh, <laughs> awesome good deal you got you got some more time to talk about uh triumph i want to keep oh, it absolutely too late but i'll call and take to work tomorrow this, this won't be released for a couple days right no we don't know yeah. <laughs> well this this might also this might be semi-work related you know <laughs> that's right that's right yeah cool. let's, uh, let's talk about the new triumphs uh well, Triumph, and and specifically the, you know, let's stick on that that adventure track if we can. So this is the the Explorer line they call it. Mm-hmm. Oh, you're gonna get into all the big ones. That's gonna be fun. Well, yeah, kind of. So, so kind of to round out the shopping, right? You know, we started with KTM, looked at that. The Africa Twin is exciting. Um, BMW. I've actually ridden a GS. It's been quite a while, but. Um, I didn't really get it off road, but I did have a chance to feel the power. It was it was quite impressive. I just didn't I didn't get the concept back then of taking it off road because I was fairly new to the KLR to begin with. Mm-hmm. Um, but but the more the more I look at these, and obviously on in in years now, it, it makes a lot more sense that this kind of touring could be a whole lot of fun. So, but yeah, I'll, I'll let you <laughs> start from there, hogging up the Triumph line. Uh, yeah, that's fine. Uh, so you have the, the two different models, uh, but since we're focusing on the big ones, we'll focus on the uh, new redesigned uh, Explorer from Triumph. Uh, they uh, they have uh, quite a few different models. Uh, just to give an idea, it's there's an XR, an XRX, an XRX Low, and an XRT. And then there's an XC, an XCX, an XCX Low, and an XCA. So eight total bikes. Yeah, I'm looking at the website now. It's just the, you know, the the features for each one. It's like, holy cow, look at that! The, right, the Trophy MY16 is just a beast. <laughs> holy cow! I haven't, I haven't even looked at that thing yet. 
know, that well, thing is huge. Oh, if you're talking about how big trophies are, uh, we can talk about that uh, after after you get done with the Explorers. I I wrote a trophy and an RT back to back, and I'll try and be as nice as I can about <laughs> the uh, the trophy. Right. <laughs> Since I sell this brand, right. and I don't want to get anybody in trouble. <laughs> Right, right, right. Okay, so let's let's stick to the like the tigers and the, um, sure, the different sure. the, the different tigers. So there are oh, just a number of them. <laughs> oh my God, it's sixteen total between the eight hundred and the twelve hundred. Jeez, uh, why so many? Uh, I I don't know. <laughs> I, I think it's because they don't have. I mean, if you look at like a GS Adventure or even a KTM, you can kind of configure those bikes. You know, you can leave stuff off and put stuff on kind of thing right, right. Uh, from the factory, uh, which is kind of what this is, you know, but you slowly move up uh, in tiers up to the biggest ones uh, that has everything on there, uh, which is kind of like uh, what you can do with a GS Adventure. You know, GS Adventure, you can uh, you can leave off uh, Keyless Ride or, uh, you know, Shift Assist Pro or... Um, Oh, I get it. So, so kind of what they're calling a model would be more akin to like the Multistrada option pack, right? If you're going to make right, right. touring, like the touring, the urban, the, that's yeah. what I'm thinking. Yeah. Cause it, one of them is just the only, there's like Tiger 800 and then there's 800 ABS. So, okay. So one has ABS. That's the differentiator. Right. Right. For some of those. So it's yeah. kind of like that. So each one of these moves you up into a different, and so like the Tiger XR, uh, is their their lower version, or the Tiger XC is their lowest version of the of the Explorer. Um, but you can go all the way up to the XCA, which would be a fully loaded machine, you know, with everything on there, kind of thing. And I, I've had the I've had the joy of riding a 15 Explorer, um, not a not a 16, and it was a big big contender for me when I was uh, looking at buying my GS. And I once the sixteen comes out, I'll be happy to do a review for you. But um, right, <laughs> with the fifteen, uh, the weight was a little heavy for me for me being such a small guy, and it was a little tall. Uh, and then the lack of of uh, polish uh, on the bike in terms of uh, how the controls are set up and uh, just uh, the the general aesthetic of it. There's a lot of plastic on there, not so much metal, which is you know something that. Uh, I don't really like. No, but this is a this is a price point or two lower than like where BMW and KTM plays, right? Or is this right in the same uh, ballpark? I'm the, probably going to imagine that a fully optioned uh, XCA uh, is going to be right in line with a, a multi and a, a GS at this point. Because right now, just a, a uh, just a Tiger is you know sixteen and a half thousand dollars. You start adding on luggage and everything like that. You come up to what a GS would cost, and then if you put luggage on a GS, you'll you'll go above and beyond. But uh, they're they're now almost all these bikes are very close to uh, to each other in terms of their their technology. Uh, their Triumph still doesn't have electronic suspension like all the other guys do. Uh, they're using WP suspension that you can adjust on your own. They've added traction control. They've added ABS, and they've had that for a while. Uh, they've added ride modes now, which is really nice. Uh, if you, if you haven't ridden a bike with ride modes and being able to just throw a bike into rain mode when it starts raining and just being as confident as, as you are in the dry, uh, that's definitely something to, to you, you don't think about until you have it kind of thing. Now, does it come with heated grips and seats? 
Uh, I'm sure in this whole scramble of, of options here, uh, let me see if I can find it real quick. One of those 16 or 18 ought to have it for you, Rico. Yeah, okay. yeah I think out of the 16, I think two or three have it. So <laughs> I, I think the, the heated grip start in the, the XR. Awesome. When you add an X to the end of things, uh, okay. that's when you start getting into those things and uh, moving into like the ride modes and all that. But you know, their new redesign was great. They, uh, they actually did a... Uh, an analog tack, which everybody likes, but they did the digital speedos so that makes it easier to ride. Uh, they actually did an electrical adjusted windscreen, which um, it's very interesting. Uh, a lot of uh, adventure bikes are doing things that the GS doesn't have. So I think BMW is hmm. going to be in the right place uh, when they do their redesign on their GS. They're going to be like, oh, electronic windscreen, we'll add that. Yep. I'll either this, we'll add that kind of thing. Uh, and then like everyone's going to be like, oh, well, now they have everything that we have, and we're back to square one. <laughs> right, right. So I'm, I'm noticing, so as you move up, like, so in the X range, I see that these guys switch over to the shaft drive instead of the chain drive. If it's the 1200 Explorers, uh, all run um, shaft driven. So, okay. all, tw- so all 1200s have shaft drives. Okay, so the 800s don't? 800s are all chain. Okay, so from 800, then you jump to the 1200. That's when you get the shaft drive. Okay, correct. Uh, the motor uh, on the on the Triumph though is superb. Uh, that is one thing they have going for them. That big triple motor is smooth and has power for days, uh, and it's fairly easy to ride off road. And it's even better on road. It is. If you're looking for an on road adventure bike. Adventure touring bike. This is, I would put it up there. Uh, if you're never going to take it off road, right? Uh, this right. would be a great bike to have. And that's kind of what I wonder in general. I mean, as much as I, I really dig the KTM because I, even though I haven't ridden it, I think that probably has the best off road chops. You know, I have to stop and think, really, how much off roading am I going to be doing with this bike anyway? And if you do, how much hardcore off-roading are you going to do? Exactly, like, are you going to be exactly. going out to like the Sierra Nevada or anything like that? Or are you just going to go up to 181 and cut across uh, Brown Mountain Beach Road or something like that, you know, or, or 90 or something? Yeah, I think the way I look at these bikes is I just want something that, you know, like Rico did today. He just went out and got lost. But I want to go out somewhere and get lost and, and end up on some dirt roads or maybe even some stuff that roads that aren't even maintained. And just continue right. that journey and come out the other side back on the pavement and ride home. Like that's the kind of riding I'm envisioning. Not so much what uh, Ducati showed with the new Multistrada Enduro. I mean, they had the thing on an off or a motocross track <laughs> at one point, mm-hmm. which was impressive, by the way. But I'm thinking, yeah, that's not really what I had in mind for that. Mm. Right. I found your that dirt road that you're talking about, and I had to turn my big girl around. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm sure you did. <laughs> you know about Brown Mountain Beach Road? No, no, no. This was this was uh, down in Tryon, um, okay. up here towards um, going towards Asheville. It's a small town, which is a really cool looking town. I mean, I you drive through. There's like uh, lots of restaurants to eat at. There's a movie theater. A good please. You know what, Rich? You know when you came up, we went to the that. Um, uh, side street pizza yeah right by the tracks right by the tracks mm-hmm. it's over there okay yeah so that was nice uh so getting back to the bike so the the tank size is there uh any um extended tank reservoir or anything on these bikes or no 
And what size? I don't believe tank? so. Uh, I don't think that is one of the options on there. If I remember correctly, it's a five and a half gallon gas tank. Give me a second, and I'll get you that answer. Mm. Yeah, because I'm curious. Because you know, you know, as you look for that answer, Rich, you know, as you go on on these dirt roads, and you're gonna want that a- extra tankage, wouldn't you? No, I'm not looking it up. I'm drinking beer. <laughs> uh, yeah, yes and no. I think uh, the weight uh, on a uh, a big gas tank. Uh, I I couldn't imagine riding around on a with an eight and a half gallon gas tank full like around here, even going off road. It just seems like it would be uh, a bit much. Yeah, I've experienced that with the KLR. It's I think it's six and a half gallon, if I'm not mistaken, plus a reserve. And when it's full, it it can be a handful. And for many years, I basically converted that into a dirt bike anyway and rode it down at Carolina Adventure World. You know, full knobbies. It wasn't even licensed. And it's, you know, filling that tank is a big mistake. If you're going to do a day in the dirt, you want to keep about like two and a half gallons in it tops. Right. It's uh, 5.3 uh, gallons uh, on the, uh, the yeah. new Explorer. And, okay. uh, it, you know, 1,215 cc triple engine. Yeah, and no reserve because fuel injected, so. Correct. Pretty neat. Now, I know you mentioned the name of the, is it Touratech, the luggage that you mentioned uh-huh. earlier? Did they, uh-huh. They, they're the ones that make the gas inserts, right? Like one of your panniers you can fill with like a little gas reservoir. Uh, you can buy a, uh, well, uh, it, yeah, you can buy like a little one liter, uh, gas, uh, thing if you need to. Um, I'm not sure if they actually sell like a full on, like extra fuel tank that you can put back there. Um, and I don't know if I'd want to put it, put it on just on one side either, just because right. liquid sloshing around on one side of your bike, that's going to make it really unstable. I'll have to see if I can find the site. I don't remember, but it was kind of. It didn't take up the entire pannier, but it was kind of molded in. So, you know, you had, like you said, maybe a liter or two between both sides, and then you could still get quite a bit of luggage in. I got to see if I can find that. It was well, I know they make stuff. like little little one liter canisters that look like water bottles, so don't get them mixed up. Uh, that you can strap onto the outside of your bike. Uh, you know, back at the panniers to yeah, yeah. You know, you need it because there's uh, there's one place I think uh, on the way up to Alaska that you have to have extra fuel with you unless you have uh, a GS adventure or a big KTM adventure or now the new uh, Ducati Enduro mm-hmm. uh, gas tank on there. You'll need that so, much fuel. Yeah. Yep. Between stops. Good stuff. So if you were shopping all over again, you'd still buy the GS not with all the new stuff coming out. Um, I'll have to ride the, uh, I'll have to ride the, uh, the Ducati. I'm not 100% sold on it, uh, but I end up liking the new Multistrada uh, more than I like the XR this year. So that's a personal flavor. I think uh, the new the new Multistrada uh, compared to like the, the 14 was uh, night and day better. You like the bigger Multistrada versus the previous one that was a little, little more compact? Uh, I do because the power and the way they, they smoothed out the, uh, the low end uh, on it. Uh, you know, the, the earlier 14s and before, if they were under 4,000 RPMs, uh, they were not happy. Uh, whereas the new Multistrada is happy to, to kind of be lugged around, which is what most motorcycle riders do is lug them around. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, I was impressed with that. Uh, I think if I had to do it all again uh, for 2016, I'd probably still, uh, I'd buy a triple black GS this year. Okay. 
So it's a good endorsement for BMW. Yeah. Not a bad thing. You know, and I mean that's no, it's not. I think that's kinda that just happens, I think, with any brand. You you find a bike you really like, you know, you start to resonate with the brand and then your next one just it's right there waiting for you, right? Yeah, it's just a natural progression. Yeah. Um so in five years, uh, who knows where I'll be, you know. Like I said, this time last year or a little bit before this time last year, uh, I was all I was hundred percent sport bike. Maybe a new market segment comes out and that's what will change my mind or maybe a new brand, a brand will come out that will just blow me away. I think it's going to start with the model Insignia K. <laughs> I think that'll be your next uh, one. Not if uh, their dealer support doesn't pick up. Well, it's nice. there. That's, uh, I know it's a, it's an easy jab for that, but it's true. I mean, the dealer support and most dealerships that I've gone into that start with a K and end with an M, uh, they, uh, the guys could really care less, uh, unless you're on a dirt bike. They don't really care too much about the other bikes. Yeah. Oh, actually, sorry. I was actually thinking K1600. I was thinking you would move up the, the BMW oh, ladder. Oh, uh, <laughs> no, oh okay. <laughs> other direction. The, uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I probably, uh, I probably won't ever have a, a K1600, um, because they are a long wheelbase for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they're heavy and I'm a very little guy that uh i i don't imagine me hitting a growth spurt at 32 uh so <laughs> it could happen <laughs> <laughs> still time <laughs> i kind of gave up on it when all my hair fell out but uh okay well this is it for me the cool. uh the, the r1200 rt uh i think will be my next natural progression after uh i'm done with uh adventure touring yeah i'm still looking at an old one i know aaron um Aaron is a guy from Indian of Charlotte and we, he's ridden with us a bunch. He's got an older, um, R1200. I forget the year 86, maybe Rico, something like that. Don't know. I'll have to ping him. Yeah. But it, it, it's in great shape. And I, I consider that as a, you know, an inexpensive way to do some, some sport touring, you know, without spending tens of thousands, you know, it's more single digit thousands and at least test the waters, you know, before I buy a new one. I used, uh, I used, you know, for anybody who's looking at getting into the adventure market, uh, I use GS, you know, whether it's a 650 or an 800 or even a 1200. A uh, used one is just as good as getting a new one if you're not, if you don't need all the fancy electronic suspension and cruise control and right. uh, onboard computer systems and all that stuff. And even the older ones still have a lot of that stuff. But, you know, a 1996 GS is going to be just as much fun in the dirt. Uh, and you're not going to cry when you drop it because it's not a twenty thousand dollar bike. Yeah, the last the one I rode was around two thousand, and it was a that was an eleven hundred at that time, and it was quick. That's what I remember it being very quick. Oh yeah, they're they're torquey and they're fun and they're peppy. Uh, and then you know once you're they feel a little heavy when you pick them up off the side stand, but once you're riding, man, they they, they feel like you're riding a two hundred pound dirt bike. Yeah. So I think that settles it, Rico. We've got to ride them all. Triumph, KTM, Ducati, BMW. Just line them up. Let's go get dirty. All right. <laughs> Any events or things that you want to talk about coming up at the dealership? We'll we'll certainly put some links in our show notes for the dealership and the Facebook page. But if you've got some specific events you want to call out, uh, by all means. I can say that January 16th, uh, we are going to have all of the new uh, modern classics from uh, Triumph at uh, either 
It'll either be at Triple C Brewery or at our dealership. Uh, we're waiting uh, for authorization to do it at the brewery. Uh, if we do, it'll be uh, Saturday night from 4 to 9. And uh, if not, it'll be at our dealership from 4 to 9. But I'm, I'm leaning more towards Triple C Brewery for all the Triumph Modern Classics, uh, much like we did our Scrambler uh, and Multistrada uh, uh, tour last year for Ducati. Uh, we'll be doing it for Triumph this year. Uh, in May, uh, I don't have an exact day yet. Uh, or an exact, uh, you know, I should probably call up and say around this time, uh, we will be having the only uh, ex Diablo uh, tour in North Carolina uh, at our dealership as well. Uh, so all of our all of our uh, events are posted up on our Facebook page as soon as we get uh, verification on our days, and then uh, our demo rides are also done that way. We're actually having a, a, our own rally for the dealership on April 21st through the 24th at the Iron Horse Motorcycle Lodge uh, near Robbinsville. And we'll have demo bikes up there from all of our brands, from BMW, Ducati, uh, Triumph, Zero. Uh, we may even have a Euro up there that we'll take people on a ride on. Mm. Uh, so uh, we're really excited about that because it's going to be our first ever uh, rally for the dealership. And uh, we're going to have... Uh, uh, we're going to probably have a guy out there from Rawhide. We start trying to nail that down for uh, adventure uh, touring uh, lessons and uh, ride outs. And then we should have somebody for on-street training as well. And then different vendors and stuff like that there. Uh, Climb will be there uh, along with Gerbing and stuff like that. So we're really excited. Good stuff. Cool. Yeah, and it, we, we always encourage everyone, if, if they're in the Charlotte area, by all means, check out uh, Motorcycles of Charlotte. It is Definitely a toy store if you're into bikes. All right, Rico. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Oh, we appreciate that. Absolutely. And maybe someday we'll get to check out the Morgan because those things, they, they look cool to me. And it just seems like, to me, it's like the perfect sunset bike. And I, I mean that in a good way. Like you don't want to be on two wheels anymore, but you got to be around it and in it. That's kind of like, that's your last bike to me. That's what it seems like. And I'm sure there's yeah, plenty of I, younger people riding them, but to me, that's like the epitome of my last bike. <laughs> I couldn't imagine any young person who uh, didn't win the lottery driving a Morgan right now. Exactly. Uh, things are a little pricey, but uh, if you don't mind a, a short little plug, uh, we'll actually be selling uh, Morgan four-wheel cars uh, in, in 2016. Uh, okay. They just passed uh, safety inspection in America. So we'll actually become a four-wheel car dealership. Uh, for Morgan as well this year, this coming year. That's cool. So I'll be on the lookout for that as well. Four-wheel Morgan. All right. So, Rico, I think we've covered a lot of ground here. We've talked about a bunch of Ducatis. I think I could be a little persuaded to go ride some BMWs. And we've learned that we we got to check out more from Triumph. All right. I think uh, you nailed it. And um, we will definitely come down and check Charlie out. and. Get on these bad boys. For sure. Yeah, and a big thanks to Charlie for joining us from Motorcycles of Charlotte. Like we said, our our favorite toy store, one of our favorite toy stores in this area, and definitely a, a place to check out, even if you're if you're not in the market. It's a, a great place to also just hang out and check out cool bikes. So yeah, thanks again, Charlie. We'll have to do this again when you get some free time and some more bike news. We'll definitely do this at another time in the future. Well, thanks for the uh, the opportunity to come on, guys. Okay, we'll just give our, our quick little reminders here as, as we close out. 
Um, show notes and links for this episode can be found at our website, and that's loudpipes.net slash 35 for this episode. And you'll also find links there to subscribe to the show via your, your favorite application, be it iTunes, Stitcher Radio. Uh, there's also a one-click Android option if you're looking for a podcast app on Android. And we have social media links at the top of our page header as well. Star ratings and reviews on iTunes and Stitcher are a great way to help promote the show. And if you feel it's less than five stars, you can reach us at feedback at rdubstudios.com or click the feedback link on our website if you don't want to leave your email address. And lastly, we'll just remind everyone, if you do enjoy the show and you want to help us grow a little bit and you enjoy conversations like we've had with Charlie this week or from or with Jim uh, from last week in our Goozy chat, then uh, check out our donation page. That's loudpipes.net slash donate. And that is a one-click option, or I'm sorry, that is a that is a one-time donation page. And you can also find a link to our Patreon campaign, which we discussed last episode, where we have goals that you can help us meet, and there are also rewards at certain pledge levels. All right, Rico, kick stands up. All right, kick stands up and chopila. Awesome. Take care, everyone. This has been an RDub Studio production. Check us out at rdubstudios.com, iTunes, or Stitcher Radio.